What's up, Raider Church? So pumped to be here tonight. Back in the pavilion, man, that was a powerful worship time. And I just couldn't help but think back over this semester. And I know some of you may not realize this, but we've had about 80 students commit their life to Jesus just this semester. Isn't that incredible? God's been doing... God's been doing some amazing things this semester at Raider Church, and, and, and I know he's been doing amazing things in, in your life, and he's been doing amazing things in my life. Just this last series that we went through, I can't tell you how many stories that we heard of just redemption and, and freedom and joy that were experienced as a result of, of that series we did called Rock Bottom. And uh, if I know some of, uh, some of you were some of those people that God just really uh, helped and, and delivered through that series. And so we just thank God for all that. And I think just just that worship time that we just had was just uh, really just signal, uh, sig signifying and saying back to God, God, thank you uh, for all that you've done in us and through us over this semester. And so, uh, man, I'm excited. We only have, including this week, I think it's three weeks left uh, of Raider Church. We're that close to Thanksgiving, and then we'll have a, a gathering after Thanksgiving. But we're, we're winding down, and so I want to challenge you to be here each week uh, of the weeks that we have left, because I believe God's going to do something great uh, in your life. And, and tonight, it's cool, uh, as I was at the back, just watching like every last seat fill in in this place. And so this place is packed tonight, and we just want to give uh, God all the, the thanks and the glory for everything that he's doing. So can we just thank God? for what he's doing at Raider Church and in your life. It's all because of him. Um, you know, we, we, we have people here that God uses to lead. We have staff, we have small group leaders, we have volunteer leaders, we have prayer team members, and we have all kinds of people doing all kinds of different things to make all this happen. Uh, but, but God is the one who's doing it. He uses people, but it's God who's the one who's doing it. And so we want to give glory and honor to God uh, for all that he's doing. And so I couldn't be uh, more excited about what God's done this semester and what I believe he's just setting up to do next semester. Every semester feels like it's, it's better than the last, and, and this just continues to grow, and lives continue to to be changed. And, and man, last week, I was just, I know if you were here, you probably saw, I was just overcome before I even start the message, just with emotion of just being so thankful that I get to be here and just get to, to be a part of this and, and get to do this each week. It, I'm just, I was just so thankful. And, and I was overwhelmed as we were singing, just so thankful uh, for God's presence here with us tonight. And so if we haven't met, my name's Clayton. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, I get the privilege of speaking here each week. Uh, to hundreds and sometimes 1,000, 1,200, 1,300 college students. And so uh, we're so just privileged to be here. And if it's your first time here, we're, we're honored that you're visiting us. Whether you're into the church thing or not, whether you're into this Jesus thing or, or not, we're just pumped that you're here. And I believe God has a message for you. And in this series, that's what we're talking about, that God has a message for every person, for every one of us, that God wants to speak directly to you. You know, many of you know I've got uh, three kids. One of those kids is named Coben, and he's about to turn eight this weekend, this Saturday. Uh, he's going to turn eight. And Coben has this amazing imagination. Like he just, he thinks of the, the craziest, wildest things. And he's always asking us about it, uh, about those things, or he's always telling us what's going on in his mind. And we're just like baffled at, at the things he thinks and he imagines. And so uh, what's really funny though, is when you start reading the Bible with your kids, like with a kid who has a creative imagination and starts asking you all these questions about God. And you're like, I, I've never been asked that before. I have no idea what you're saying or thinking or how to even respond to that. And so like one time Coben asked me, he said, uh, dad, so God's really old, right? Like older than you. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, God's, 
old, you know, in, in one sense, in that he's always existed and he'll always exist. And, and so I, I guess, yeah, that makes sense in your mind if you want to think about it like that. Yeah, God's old. And so he says, so does God have gray hair? Well, um, Coben, you know, I, I don't think so. You know, I don't think he's got gray hair. Um, and then he'll, so he'll ask me, so, so if God's old, um, then he probably doesn't have any teeth. Okay, you know, if you want to think that, that that's, that's fine. You know, no, no big deal, no problem. And so then he says, so then God probably speaks like this. I'm just like, oh my gosh, son. I, you come up with the craziest, wildest stuff. But here's the other thing. Not only is he crazy imaginative, but Coben, I love it, is crazy honest. You know, one time we were reading the Bible and we were praying and we were talking about how God likes to speak to us. That God speaks to his people and that he has a message for us. And Coben, with tears in his eyes, looked back at me and said, Dad, I've never heard God speak to me before. And so I began to talk with my son about how God speaks to us and the ways that we can hear from God. And so in case you've ever been like my son Coben and you're like, you know, I don't really hear God speaking to me. Maybe, I, maybe you never have. Or maybe you wonder how, that, how, how does that all work? Like, how, how, do, how do I hear from God? Like, how do I get a, a message from God? Well, we're going to talk about that this week and next week and what that looks like. Because I believe God has a direct message for every one of you. Forget the DM from that boy or girl sliding in your DMs, okay? Forget that, okay? Watch out because God has a direct message for you. And when you get a direct message from God, it'll change your life. It will change your life. When you hear God speak to you and you begin to live that out and you begin to obey what he tells you. So if you got a Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, as always, you can go to RaiderChurch.com on your phone and uh, click the, the, the link there that says message notes. And uh, you can follow along with, with us. The verses will be there. The points, everything is, is right there for you. So RaiderChurch.com on your phone, and you can follow along with us. But 1 Samuel chapter 3. And so, so here's what's going on. If you were here um, in one of our, our previous series in Rock Bottom, in week one, we talked about Hannah and how she had this son named Samuel. Okay? So now we're kind of picking up with, with, with Samuel in his life as a boy, and he's serving at the tabernacle for the priest, Eli. And so he's serving underneath Eli. He's helping out around the tabernacle. He's serving Eli, who's older. And that's kind of where we pick up here. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says this. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel, again, that's Hannah's son. Remember, if, we, if you were here in Rock Bottom, we talked about that in week one. This is Samuel. This is Hannah's son that she prayed for. Serve the Lord by assisting Eli, the, the priest. Now in those days, watch this. Messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. Some of you might, may find yourself in the exact same place, that you, that you find messages from the Lord very rare, if at all. And you think about visions from the Lord, a vision. I've never had a, a vision from God, or, or maybe some of you have, and, and you know how powerful that can be, to have a vision from God and to see this, this picture or, or this scene unfolding or happening, and, and God's the one that's given that to you. Some of you, you, you've had that happen before. I've had that happen before. I'll tell you more about it here in a little bit. But it says in, in, this, in this verse that in, in this day, in this time, among God's people, messages were rare and visions, even more so, were quite uncommon. 
And maybe you can relate. Like you're not too sure you've ever had a message from God or or you've ever had a, a vision from God. Well, it's in this series, we're praying that that will happen for many of you. That it won't be uncommon. It won't be rare. As a result of this series, that's our prayer. It's a big prayer. But our prayer is that as a result of of this series, you'll begin to have messages from God. You'll begin to have visions from God. And you'll begin to hear God speak to you about your life and and what he wants for you. We're going to talk about that, what that looks like. And it's our prayer, and, and you can join us in that prayer, that people will hear from God as a result of this series. They'll have messages from God and visions from God and And for us, maybe those things could become common. Like maybe messages from God, visions from God could become common for us if we'll live out, not just here, but if we'll live out what we talk about in this series. So let's keep going. Verse 2 says this. So one night Eli the priest, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in their tabernacle. Watch where he's sleeping. He's sleeping in the tabernacle. This is going to be important later. Near the ark of God. So he's sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and ran to Eli, thinking Eli was the one that was calling out to him. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. And so Samuel did. And then the Lord called out again a second time, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli. said, go back to bed. You see, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. You need to remember this. This Pay pay attention to this. This is important. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message. Let's keep going. From the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy Samuel. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say this, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Your servant is listening. Obviously, Samuel did not yet recognize the voice of God. In fact, that's what it says here in in these verses, that, that Samuel didn't yet know God because he had never had a message from God. And I wonder if that's true for some of us tonight. Like, we don't really know God and know who he is and know what he wants for our lives because we haven't really yet heard a message from him. And so we're going to find out how to receive those messages and how to hear from God. Because we want to know God. We want to know and recognize his voice and know what he wants for our life. And so it says here that Samuel didn't recognize the voice of God. You know, I remember growing up, my mom uh, would always get phone calls from my grandmother. We called her Granny Joy. Her name was Joyce, and she was our grandmother. So we kind of brought those two together and called her Granny Joy. And so Granny Joy would always call. I mean, she would call, you know, daily sometimes and, and every week. And, and if we weren't there, used to, back in the 80s and the 90s, there was this box called an answering machine, okay? 
Now, I realize some of you, you're born in the 90s or 2000s or something. I don't know, it's, it's, that's crazy. That blows my mind. But, but so some of you may not know what an answering machine is. So, so it was a box, okay? And I know this is wild to think about, but it was plugged into a wall with a cord and people would call and, and that's where they would leave voicemails. It was on this little machine and you'd walk in and you'd see your machine blinking and you'd push the button on a machine and, and it would go through and it would tell you your voicemails on this answering machine. So we would go in and see the light flashing and we'd see the messages. And so my mom would push the button on the answering machine. And so we would listen to the, 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 the messages on the answering machine and, and it never failed. There was always messages from Granny Joy to my mom. And here's how every one of them, day after day, week after week, month after month would start. She would start off and say this, Beth, which is my mom's name, Beth, this is your mother. And my mom would roll her eyes like, oh my gosh, mom, I know it's you. I see the number on the caller ID. I, I hear your voice and I know, I know it's instantly, I know it's you. You don't have to tell me who you are. I know your voice. I mean, she said this all the time. She constantly would roll her eyes and she would get so frustrated that Granny Joy would tell her, Beth, this is your mother. Now, some of you are laughing because your mom does the exact same thing to you. She calls you on your cell phone and tells you it's your mother and you're like, mom, I, your name came up on my phone. I've got a ringer for you, okay? I know when you call. I, I know before you're gonna call. I know you that well. Like I know your, your voice and, and I know what you do there. I know before, I know when you're gonna call. Like I know before it happens. Like, like you're prophesying, like I know my mom's about to call. I mean, that's how well you know her, okay? So, I found it hilarious, hilarious, that my mom made such a big deal out of that, yet every time she calls me, Clayton, it's your mother. I swear, if I do that to my kids, I, I, I hope they just shoot me, okay? I, I just, I hope they, so Clayton, it's your mother. I'm like, mom, mom, I, I know it's you. And every time she sees me, she tells me, she says, Clayton, your hair's getting grayer. I'm like, mom, I know, okay? You don't have to tell me, I, I, I know. Uh, we, we saw each other last week, like you told me last week, like you don't have to tell me again, like I, I, I know. Um, so, I, but I know my mom's voice. Like, I know it. I know when she calls, I know when, it's like I, I hear my phone get a text message and it's the sound of every other text, but I know when it's my mom, like I know her that well. I can be speaking to a crowd, a room full of a thousand people, and everyone is laughing because I'm so hilarious. And then I can hear her laughing above everyone else. Like I know when my mom's here. Like if my mom was here right now and she was laughing, I could hear her. I could spot her laugh out of everyone else's laugh because I know her that well. I can hear her voice, I can hear her laugh over everyone else's. I can pick it out over everyone else's because I know her voice. How do I know her voice? Because of how much time I've spent with her. Because of how much I've spoken with her, because of how much I've talked with her. I know her voice and amongst all other voices, I can pick hers out. I can pick out her laugh. 
I can pick out her cry. I know when she's around because I know her that well. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and so he didn't recognize the voice of God. But he would begin to recognize it. Because this was the first of many messages that Samuel would get. In fact, Samuel would begin to know the voice of God so clearly and so distinctly that he would become a prophet for God, where he would hear messages from God, and then he would speak them to the Israelites. That's how clearly Samuel would begin to recognize and to hear the voice of God. So much so that he would become like God's mouthpiece to God's people. And so how, how do we do that? How do we get to know the voice of God? How do we begin to pick out the voice of God? Well, there's two things we can learn from Samuel. Number one is this, is that Samuel was in the right place physically. Okay, you need to remember this. I'd, I'd write these things down, make notes or whatever. Samuel was in the right place physically for a DM from God, for a direct message from God. He was in the right place physically. You remember in those verses where it said Samuel was sleeping? In the tabernacle, near the what? The ark, near the ark of God. And the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, was the physical throne of God here on earth, in the tabernacle or in, later in the temple. It was the mercy seat. It was where the, the high priest would go in after many sacrifices for himself and for the people. He would go in and he would make these sacrifices and, and he would speak with God and, and God would speak to the high priest a, a message for the rest of Israel, for the rest of the God's people. And so the ark of God represented God's throne here on earth. It was the, the place where God's presence and his glory resided here on earth, it was in that one place. In that one place in all of the earth, was where God's presence and his glory resided. And that's where God would speak to one person, the high priest. The high priest would speak to God on behalf of all the people, and then God would speak to the high priest the message for the people of God. And so Samuel, being that he's not the high priest, can't go into the ark of God. He can't go into the holy of holies where the throne of God is, where the mercy seat is where sacrifices were made. That's why it's called the mercy seat, because sacrifices were made there at the Ark of the Covenant for the sin of the people. And as the sacrifice was made and the blood was shed, there was forgiveness of sin. The people were made clean. And the wrath of God would be delayed for God's people until Jesus would come and ultimately and finally pay the fine for our sin. And so is the mercy seat where God's mercy and grace was given because of the shedding of blood from the animals that would take the place of the people. And so Samuel couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. He couldn't go into the throne. He couldn't, come, he couldn't walk up to just right up to the mercy seat and, and speak with God and, and God speak with him. He, he, he couldn't do that. And so Samuel is as close as possible to the presence of God. He's sleeping. 
near, as close as he can get near the ark of God. You see, Samuel was in the right place physically to hear a message from God. Now, today, in the new covenant, under grace, we call the new covenant, the, the covenant of grace that where Jesus died on the cross to set us free from our sin. And now we're in relationship with God through Jesus because of the fine that he paid. That's the new covenant, the new covenant of grace that we received God's mercy, God's forgiveness. We didn't deserve that. We received God's righteousness. We didn't deserve that. Receiving grace is receiving what you did not earn, what you did not deserve. We didn't earn that. We didn't deserve it. And so that's the, the new covenant. The new covenant says, we'll talk about this more in just a second, that God would put his spirit within us and he would move us to keep all of his righteous decrees. God's spirit would move us and, 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 and convict us and, and encourage us and help us and equip us. That's the, that's the new covenant. Well, in the new covenant, the Bible says that because of Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, it says this, that the, the veil of the curtain was torn in two that separated the holy of holies from the rest of God's people. So that curtain was torn in two. And so instead of God's presence and his throne being in that one physical location on earth, now the Bible says God's presence covers the earth as the water covers the sea. We can meet with God anywhere. And all of us can. It's not just one person. It's not just me that meets with God and then delivers a message for you. That, that's not the way it is anymore. In the new covenant, all of us hear from God and all of us can meet with God and all of us can experience the, the presence of God. All of us, every last one of us, because the curtain was torn in two. And now you, you, every person in this room, you have direct access to the throne of God. Hebrews 4 says this, that now let us come boldly to the throne of God's grace to find mercy and help in our time of need. You can go straight to God. You don't have to go through another person. You don't go through me or through anyone else or through a priest. You go straight to God, into his presence, into the holy of holies, where his presence is and where his glory is. You go straight to God. And you can speak with God and, and God can speak with you. And so Samuel was in the right place physically. And so while we don't have to go to a specific place to meet with God, watch this. You still need a place. You still need a place. And here's what I mean. Jesus said, when you pray... Go away by yourself, shut the door, and pray to your Father. Go away by yourself, shut the door, and spend time with your Father. So while you don't have to have this, this certain one place that we all have to go to in order to meet with God, you still need a place. And what I mean by that is you need a place where you can get away from everything and everybody and it's just you and God and you can spend time with him. Where it's quiet. Where it's still. Where you're not interrupted. So that you can hear the voice of God and begin to learn and recognize his voice. So while there's not 
a place or the place we have to go to, you, you still need a place. Do you follow me? You still need a place that you go where you get away from everything. You got to get into the right place physically so that you can hear a message from God where it's quiet, where you've shut the door, where you've, where you've put away all the chaos, where, 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 you, where you're not checking your, your phone every five seconds and you're not thinking about the next thing that you, you, you have to do. You, you need a place where it's quiet and where you can spend time with God. Like Jesus said, where you can go away by yourself, shut the door and pray to your father, spend time with your father. So you need a place. You need a place where you can go and spend time with the Father. If you want to hear from God, if you want a message from God, if you want visions from God, and I know many of you do, and I'm sure some of you are here and you'd say, man, I'm not too sure about this whole thing, but if there's a God, I'd love to hear from him. I'd love for him to speak to me. And so I challenge you, listen, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, I challenge you, get away by yourself and pray and read the Bible and see if God doesn't speak to you. So you need a place. You need to go away by yourself, shut the door, and spend time with your father. You need to be in the right place physically so that you can spend time alone with God. Secondly, you, Samuel was in the right place spiritually for a direct message from God. He's in the right place physically, but Samuel was also in the right place spiritually for a message from God. Let, let me show you what I mean. Samuel or rather Eli, tells Samuel, hey, next time you, you hear the, your name being called out, say this, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So not only is Samuel in the right place spiritually because he, he's wanting to be as close to God as he can possibly, he's wanting to be as close to the, the presence of, of God, the glory of God. He's so, he wants to get as close as he can possibly get. That's, it. That's Samuel's heart. I want to be near to you, God. I want to be close to you, God. And so not only is that his heart, but Samuel responds when he hears God speaking to him and he says, speak Lord. In other words, he recognizes who God is. God's wanting you to speak to him and Samuel starts out saying, God, you're, you're Lord. And by saying Lord, what he's saying is, not only do I recognize who you are, I recognize who I am in light of who you are. I recognize who you are and who I'm not. That you are Lord, you are God and I'm not. And so God, you're, you're in charge, you're master, I'm the servant. It's like Paul said, he introduced himself in many of his letters in the New Testament, says, I, my, I, I'm Paul, a servant of God, a bond servant of God, a slave of God. James, the brother of Jesus actually said the same thing. James, he introduces himself, James, a servant of Christ Jesus. He's talking about his brother. That's the place that Samuel's in spiritually. He realizes who he's talking to. God, you're Lord, you're, you're in charge, you're master, I'm, I'm not. And so in other words, whatever you say is true. Whatever you say is right. Whatever you say is what I need to do. Whatever you say is what I need to change. God, you, you are Lord, I'm not. God, you, you know the right way to do things, I don't. God, your ways are best, not mine. He approached God in humility, saying, God, you're in charge, I'm not. And whatever you want, I'll do. And whatever I need to change, whatever you say I need to change, that, uh, that's, that's what's going to change. 
And so he starts off, he says, speak, Lord. And he says, your servant. He recognizes who God is. He recognizes who, who he is. I'm just your servant, God. Whatever you say is what I'm going to do. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Samuel wanted to hear. He was attentive and ready. He wanted to hear from God. He's sleeping in the tabernacle as close as he can get to the presence of God. Samuel wants to hear from God. The question is, do you want to hear from God? And I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, yeah, you know, I want to hear from God. But does your life show that? You see, for Samuel, it did. I mean, he's, he's sleeping as close as he can to the presence of God. He's saying, God, I want to hear from you. And see, I, I wonder if some of you want to hear from God like that bad, where you'll get away from everything else and you'll spend time with God and you'll say, speak, Lord, your, your servant's listening. I, I wonder if you want to hear a message from God that much. Because here, see, here's the thing. God is still in the business of sending direct messages. He still does. He did it in the Old Testament. He's always done. He did it in the Old Testament. He would speak to one person, the, the, the high priest, or, or maybe a few when there were, there were other prophets around the, the high priest. He, he would speak to a, a, a few people and, and they would communicate the, the message from God. And then, and then in the time of Jesus, we have God in the flesh walking this earth and speaking the message, the message of God, speaking to people. God wants to, to speak. He, he's always spoken to his people. And now the Bible says through the Holy Spirit, God speaks to us. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, you've received the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing your redemption one day in heaven. Jesus said, I'm going away and it's better if I go. Watch this. He told his disciples, it's better if I go. It's better if I leave. It's better if I go back to heaven because if I do and when I do, there is one coming, the Holy Spirit, who will be your counselor, who will live in you who will convict you, who will speak to you, who will help you, who will enable you to do what you, you could never do on your own. If I go, it's better because the Holy Spirit's coming. And when the Holy Spirit comes and, and when you give your life to Jesus and you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to move inside you, Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit would move in us and give us new desires and new heart and a new mindset and new goals and, and new passion and new fire. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. It, it kicks us and it says, yes, that's what I want. That's the direction I need to go. I wouldn't wanted to do that before. I wouldn't wanted to have spent time with God before, but, but now the Holy Spirit is indwelling me and gives me a desire for these things, gives me a desire to turn from sin and follow Jesus and worship Jesus and serve Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. It moves us. So Jesus said, it's better if I go because the Holy Spirit's going to come. It's going to move you to keep all of my righteous decrees. And then Henry Blackaby in his study called Experiencing God said this, the Holy Spirit, God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit through prayer, through his word, through the church. Not like church, because this isn't a church, because it's not, it's not a building. The, the church is people, like through people, through other followers of Jesus. Like God's going to speak to you through other followers of Jesus. So through, through the church through other believers, 
and through your circumstances. Well, I could be said, God speaks by the Holy Spirit in those four ways. I've been teaching my kids the ways that, that God speaks to us. He speaks to us by the Holy Spirit through his word, through prayer, through the church, and through circumstances. And so here's how that works, or here's, here, here's how this will work in your life. You, you'll, you'll be praying, or you'll be reading the Bible, or you'll be with other followers of Jesus, or, or you'll see in your circumstances, and, and you'll sense, you'll have this sense, or you'll have this feeling that God's saying this, or God wants me to do this, or God wants me to change this. You'll have this sense. It'll be this impression in your mind or on your heart. Sometimes you, you'll actually hear something like a voice, like a voice speaking to you, and that's the voice of God. And, and over time, you'll begin to pick that out and, and recognize it more and more, that, that that's God, and he's speaking to me right now. And then you'll see that what he's speaking to you and what you feel like he's saying to you is also confirmed in his word. And then you'll have other believers. You'll tell other believers, hey, I feel like God's telling me this. They'll say, yeah, that, that rings true to me. I feel like God may be telling you that. You'll have it confirmed by other followers of Jesus. And that's oftentimes how God speaks to us. It'll be this impression that he puts on your heart. It'll be this thought that he puts in your mind. It'll be maybe this voice that you'll actually hear. It'll be this vision that you'll have of a picture of this scene unfolding. And that's God giving you a direct message. And I'll never forget the first time I heard from God. I'll never forget it. I was six years old. I was in first grade and a teacher I had, because I went to a Christian school growing up, in elementary school, she was sharing the gospel. And I will never forget her sharing in that class. So I was sitting on the ground, I was sitting crisscross applesauce and listening to my, my first grade teacher and, and, and she was telling us uh, what Jesus did for us and I will never forget hearing God say to me in my mind as a six-year-old receiving a message from God, Jesus died, you know die. Jesus died, you know die. And I understood the gospel from the age of six, that Jesus died in my place so that I wouldn't have to. You see, just like Samuel, God can speak to a little boy. And I will never forget the strong impression, the voice, the overwhelming sense that I just heard from God, God telling me and explain to me in a way a six-year-old could understand it, the gospel. That Jesus paid my fine for sin so that I wouldn't have to. One of the other terms I, I heard from God I'll never forget, I was, um, I was a senior in high school. And our youth group, I, I was a part of this youth ministry in, in, uh, that I grew up in, and we had this prayer time on Sunday nights, and so we, we were praying together, and I, I never, I'll never forget, I, I was in a chair like right here on this front row, and, and, and I was turned around, I was kneeling in, in a chair like that, just like right there at the front, and our youth group was gathered, we were praying, and we were worshiping, and I was kneeling, and I was praying, and not, not about anything in particular, and um, all of a sudden, I had a vision. 
That's the first vision I can ever remember. And it was a picture, it was a scene unfolding of me standing in front of people communicating God's word. And it totally freaked me out. And I knew in that moment that God was calling me into ministry to be a pastor. I knew it. I'd never thought about that before. I'd never considered that before. That wasn't on my mind. It was nowhere on my mind. But I had this vision, and I knew exactly what was happening. And it scared me half to death. And so I, I really, I, I ran from that. I, I, I didn't want to believe it. I told my youth pastor what, what happened, and, and he said, huh, okay, well, let's keep praying about that and see if God confirms that and continues to lead you in that direction. And so we began to pray together. And for months, I, I didn't tell anyone really besides my youth pastor, because I thought it was, it was crazy. I was a senior in high school. Why, why was God calling me to be in ministry? Months later, I'm with my mom at um, the mall here in, in Lubbock, Texas. And we're doing school shopping or something like that. And um, there's a Chick-fil-A in the mall, and it was there then, and it still is uh, now. And um, so we're, we're eating at Chick-fil-A, and we're out in the middle of the mall at one of those tables, like right in the middle where everybody's like walking by on both sides, and, and we're eating Chick-fil-A. And, and um, I, I tell my mom, and I don't know why I did this right in the middle of the mall, but I, I told my mom, like, hey, hey mom, um, I haven't told you this yet, but I, I feel like several months ago God gave me a, a vision and uh, told me that he was calling me into ministry. And in the middle of South Plains Mall, with hundreds of people around us, my mom starts crying. And, and I don't mean just like barely like crying like a little tear. I mean ugly face crying in the middle of the mall. And I'm like, mom, I'm 18. You know, I'm like, mom, what are you, get yourself together. Like there's people all around us. Like, what are you doing? And she, she doesn't stop crying. And finally she stops and she says, um, she says, Clayton, She says, several months ago, God gave me that exact same vision. And he told me that he was gonna call you into ministry to be a pastor. And he also told me to pray for you because you wouldn't believe it. He told me to pray that you would respond in obedience and you would do what it took to be obedient to that message. And so then I'm ugly face crying, you know, right in the middle of, of Chick-fil-A at South Plains Mall. And God confirmed that, that message through another believer, through my mom. See, God spoke to me in so many different ways about that, that calling on my life, but it was because when I heard that message, I wanted to hear more and I wanted to confirm that and I wanted to see if that's what God was leading me to do. And so I was praying and I was asking God and I was reading the scripture and I was talking with other believers. And it was amazing to see how other believers came into my life and began to tell me and confirm that in me in that, that time where I was really praying and seeking. The most powerful, obviously, being from my mom. See, I want you to know God has a message for you and it will alter your life. It might be about another person. It might be about a calling that he has on your life might be about a place he wants you to go. But God's going to speak to you. Because Jesus said, watch this in John chapter 10, he said this, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life and they will never perish. My sheep listen to my voice and they know me. You see, those who belong to God, hear from God. Those who belong to God, hear from God. And one of the reasons you may not hear from God yet is that you may not belong to him yet. You may have been doing the church thing your whole life, but, but you don't belong to God and so you haven't heard messages from him yet. Because Jesus said, my, my sheep know me, they hear my voice, they listen to me and they follow me. And so maybe you're here tonight and maybe you would realize for the first time, like I did as a six-year-old, that Jesus died so that you don't have to. And you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin so that you can be made right with God and know for sure that when you die, you're going to heaven. Maybe that needs to be you tonight. You need to give your life to Jesus. Because those that belong to God hear from God. And so I want to challenge you, if you've never given your life to Jesus, to do so tonight. You know, Jesus also said this in John chapter 6. He says, as it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Those that hear from God are drawn close to God. You see, as you hear from God, as you hear his voice and you begin to recognize his voice, it draws you closer and closer and deeper and deeper into that relationship with him as you know and hear his voice. And so here's what I wanna do right now. I wanna give you an opportunity just in some silence to hear from God. And we are running way over. I've got a timer here and we're way past it, but, um, but I believe God wants to speak to some of you tonight. And so if you would, just bow your head, close your eyes, and I want to give you a chance. And to do that, you need to get into the right place. You need to say, God, I recognize who you are. You're God. You're, you are Lord, and I'm not. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So would you just say that to God right now, just in stillness and quietness? You can sit there. I can invite you. You can kneel. You can do whatever you'd like to do. My prayer is in this moment that you'd hear a message from God. So say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. As you hear from God, you hear a message from him, I want to challenge you to write it down. Put it in your phone so that you don't forget it. If God's laying something on your mind, on your heart right now, it's probably God. So just continue to make that your prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If you're watching online right now, you can do the same thing. Speak, Lord, just in stillness and quietness. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And as you continue to pray and listen, I wanna invite you to do it again this week, to get away by yourself, close the door, and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Read your Bible, pray. 
I want to challenge you this week to read the first three chapters of Galatians. And as you do so, ask and say, speak, Lord, your, your servant's listening. Read the first three chapters of Galatians. If you're in a group, I want you to talk about it. If you hear a message from God this week through, your, through his word or through prayer, I want you to tell other people in your life transformation group the message, the words you heard from God. But we're praying this week and next week that we will all hear a message from God. And when you do, you need to tell someone. This is what I hear God saying. If you're not in a group, I challenge you to get involved in one of our small groups where you can seek to hear from God together with other followers of Jesus. And then last, as you hear a message from God, whether it's tonight or this week, as you spend time reading God's word, I wanna challenge you to message us and tell us what that message is. You can do so on any of our social media pages, Raider Church. You can message it to me or to Parker, or to Mark, or your group leader. I wanna challenge you, message us and let us know about the, the message you've heard from God, the vision that you've had from God, if that's you. Because we wanna know about that and celebrate that message with you. Let's stand, our team's gonna lead us in time of worship. We're gonna see some people get baptized here in a little bit, it's gonna be amazing. But one of my favorite passages in all of the scripture is in Exodus. In Exodus, Moses, the Bible says, go in, goes into this tent of meeting where Moses at this point, it was kind of the version of the tabernacle before there was a tabernacle, it was this tent of meeting where, where Moses would, would meet with God and God would meet with him. And the Bible says that when Moses would, would go into the tent of meeting, that all of Israel would come out of their tents and they would watch and they would watch as Moses would enter the temple, this, this cloud would come down and this cloud represented the, the presence of the glory of God. And this cloud would come down and as they saw the, the cloud of God, the presence of God descend upon the tent of meeting to meet with Moses, the Bible says this, that all of Israel would bow down in worship because God was meeting was speaking with a man. It says that when God would speak with Moses, he would speak with Moses like a friend, face to face. And so all of Israel would worship. And then here's my favorite part. Moses would be done and he would leave. But the Bible says that Joshua, his assistant, would stay behind. Like as if Joshua couldn't get enough. He couldn't get enough of God and the presence of God and, and hearing the voice of God. He couldn't get enough. And so he stayed behind to continue to hear from God and just to stay in that moment where he heard from God. And so God, in this moment, would you speak with us? God, as a friend, would you speak with us face to face? And God, we worship you because we serve a God who speaks to man. And so God, we thank you for your voice that we hear even now, for your presence that's here with us even now. And so God, we worship you in this moment that we serve a God that speaks to us. Let's worship God tonight. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed watching today. And if Raider Church has impacted you in any way, we would love to know about it. You can email me, parker at raiderchurch.com. And if you have any questions about Raider Church, please visit our website. 
Here at Raider Church, our vision is to have every college student come to know Jesus. We want this to be a safe place filled with people who care. Our hope is that Raider Church would become their second home. And so if you would like to partner with us financially, you can go to RaiderChurch.com give. It's amazing to see what God is doing here, and we want you to be a part of it. So 